came up to me after the last service and said, you know, when the, the day we opened the doors, we didn't have 232 people that came to this church. And now we have 232 people that just run the church just in a week. It's incredible. And we want everyone who wants to and who's, who's at that place like, hey, I'm going to volunteer. I want to get involved. How do I get more involved? How do I connect to this church? To come to something that's happening today called Become 514 Church, which is a place for you to join the 514 Church family. So if you want to learn why we do what we do, why, uh, why we function how we do, some of the history, I'll be there. Please come and spend the time with me. It's at our church office. You can register. You can just show up. Uh, it's at 1.30 at our church office, and you can find more information about it on the website or just come over there. Our offices are here in New Albany, and I would love to spend time with you. You should come over there. Uh, I'm, I have some jokes that I tell only there. So you do not want to miss that. So I am like so excited about today because uh, it's just, it's, this is mission critical. Like this is what we're doing right now and what this series is about could not be more important and it could not be more representative of the essence and who we really are as followers of Christ. And as followers of Christ, we try to emulate, we try, we, we want to be like him because he died for us, he gave us life, he gave us everything we needed more, and so we want to try to be like him. And man, we stumble and fall and trip and mess it up a lot, but we love him and he loves us through that. And so we want more people to join this journey of following Christ in a big way is through volunteering. And what I talked about last week. Uh, this message is so critical. It's so important. You're here because of a volunteer. Everybody say that. You're here because of a volunteer. Say it a little bit louder. Ready? You are here because of a volunteer. I mean, that has to sink deep into your chest. I mean, the way that this feels for me is like, it's almost like a parasite jumped on my face and lodged some type of uh, embryo into my throat. And I feel like in any second, like I might just lay down on this table and it might just explode out of me. I saw Alien Covenant the other night. So, you know, I'm, I, feel, I feel like, you know, some weird stuff could happen. I mean, can you imagine? Whoa! Whoa! Jesus has this. He's going to change your mind. <laughs> Pass the potatoes. All right. Um, you're here because of a volunteer, and this is what we talked about, right? Like, this is, this is uh, 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 about Jesus Christ, who was the first volunteer, who who stood in front of a huge need, our need, our brokenness, and said, I will volunteer to help. I will look at this need and I will do what I can to make a difference. And the truth of it is, is he didn't have to do it. He wanted to do it. It was because of his love for us that he moved forward and he went through a horrific death to save us from our sins. And so every single person that's in this room, specifically, if you're in here today, you are in here because of a volunteer. And that first volunteer is Jesus Christ who gave his life for us. And last week we looked at Mark where Jesus, as he's on his uh, journey to Jerusalem and is kind of his third year of teaching and, and making himself known to the world, he's on his way there. And he knows that when he goes there, he's going to be arrested, he's going to be crucified. 
And when he says this, he has some confusion amongst his followers, and he squares it away with them that, like, all the, the things you think it means for me to be a king is not what it means. It's something completely different. And it has to do with serving. And it has to do with volunteering. And so Jesus says this in Mark chapter 10. We looked at it last week. He says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Or in other words, to volunteer. I came down here to volunteer so that I could help this problem. And yes, he did it. He chose to do it, and, and also he's the only one who could do it because he's the perfect lamb of God who could take away the sin of the world. If you don't know what that, that means, you've got to stick around a little bit more to, to learn what it means to be the lamb of God. But he was a perfect sacrifice for our sins. He replaced us in our punishment for our sin on the cross, and that's what Jesus did when he went there. And then he says, and to give his life, to give his life, as a ransom for many. And when we're talking about volunteering, we're talking about you giving your life. We're talking about you. Now, when Jesus did this, he, he gave his literal flesh and blood. And that's what he had to do. And in his mind, that was, you know, that was the, the journey. And what we're asking you to do is to do some, some version of give your life. Maybe give your time give your energy, give your skill, and to come to this place where you, you kind of serve you and, and you do you, and then I have extra, I want more, or, or beginning of the day, or a, a part of me that's, that's unoccupied, instead of like just giving more to me, I'm gonna give a part of myself to what, what others need. And in Jesus' case, giving his life, this is huge, this is, this is his what? And if what would have driven Jesus, then he would have never, ever gone through with it. Because his what was to literally be beaten, to be betrayed, to be spat upon, to be ripped to shreds and nailed on a cross. That's what his volunteering had to do. That's what he had to do. He had to go to this cross and he had to do this thing. And, and Jesus struggled with his what. What he needed to do in order to, to save us was incredibly difficult even for the Son of God. He, he goes to a garden and prays to God, please take away this what? He, he sweats blood. He's so in tune with his what and how difficult it would be. And what, what happens is, is that that he, he moves from his what even in the garden and he, he alludes to moving away from his what and, 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 and to his, his motivation here the same way he does in the garden. In the garden he says, you know, it's not my will. I, I want you to take this what away. I don't want to go to the cross. I don't want to have to die this way. I don't want to have to drink this cup. But not my will. Your will, God. And so he moves away from the what and in this he says, I'm going to give my life. I didn't come to serve. I came, you know, I came to serve not to be served. I'm going to give my life as a ransom for many. And this is his why. And what Jesus focuses on is the motivation. And what he, he has done is he says, I'm going to give. I'm going to serve. I'm going to volunteer because there's a lot of people who need it. And you see, in, in Jesus' lifetime, one of the most important things that he did 
was he changed what it looked like to love God. Up until that time, loving God was kind of this, this interaction with God and doing things for God and giving things to God. And Jesus says, I'm going to give you a new commandment, that you love God with all your heart and all your soul and your mind. And then he says, another one, which is the same thing as the one I just said, to love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, what God, and through Jesus, says is, if you don't love people, you don't love God. If you don't engage with people, like if you think just pray to God and read my Bible and, and you think this is loving God, God says the measurement of, of how much you love me will be how much you love your brothers and how much you love your sisters. And what Jesus' point in saying this was is this is what I'm modeling for you to do. You might have to go through a lot for each other, but the reason you do it is for each other. Is your heart hung up on, on what or is it hung up on why? Because when you genuinely believe that there's a need that you're supposed to fulfill, then you look way past the what and the why drives you. And we meet people in the church all the time that are really in one of these two categories. People that get hung up with the details, people that get hung up with the, the what, the challenges, the difficulties. I mean, when you start talking about what in church world, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, setting up chairs, getting up early, wiping butts, meeting with middle school kids, which is the worst of the three I just said. I mean, it's not. I know that for some people you get your bucket filled, but it actually is worse. Um, we see people that, that go through difficult things. We have people that are here super early in the morning, and we have people that are, you know, meeting with the same group of high school kids every single week. And we have those leaders that are then going to their games or spending time with them or, or spending time with them at the hospital when they go through something difficult. And that, those types of things happen when you move past what into why, I, I need to help people, I gotta engage, I gotta use my gifts, and then what happens is, is what comes at you? It just comes at you. There's just stuff that happens that you didn't anticipate, it's difficult, but what moves Jesus through the what on the cross is everybody in this room, the many, the why. And so today my job is to get you to like move to a mentality, a why-driven mentality. And, and, and start to become more like followers of Christ in our serving and in our loving of people. This is what we notice in the church. This is just like from our like perspective. And we've talked about how volunteering is, you know, something that transcends the, the church, man. It, it should be the church doing it everywhere, living everywhere. And even if you don't know Jesus, you can volunteer and serve and be a part of what it feels like to give back to, to people. And it's the best way to live. And Jesus started it whether you know it or not. And he, he exemplified it whether you believe in him or not. And so what we see in the church is we see two different types of mentalities like I talked about. And here's kind of what a what mentality looks like. It looks like these three things. It looks like complaining, begging, and canceling. You see, when you think what, when you're thinking like, what do I have to do? How much time do I have to give? What is it? What does it look like? Where do I have to go? What do I have to spend? Blah, blah, blah. Then what happens is, is when it becomes something that you didn't want it to become, you, you complain. And we hear about that. I'll volunteer. 
But I didn't know that we had to still park cars when it's raining outside. Yeah, people still come to church when it rains. Sorry. I wasn't in the fine print. I mean, like, yeah, because you're thinking what? Oh, I'll volunteer as long as it's, you know, 70 degrees out or I don't have to get up too early. How about that? Complaining. This is what we see. People complain. I want to help. I want to help set this place up. And we need help with setting up the lights and pushing buttons. Sweet. Can you be here at 6 on a Sunday? No. That's a what mentality. And what we find is not that people are begging, but we have to beg. You know what I mean? So this is, this is kind of both of us, like everybody in the room, leadership in the room, even leaders among volunteers. Are, we have volunteers that lead large groups of volunteers that, that when we have people that come to us and they have a what mentality, we're begging them. Would you please come here and just show up 15 minutes early? And would you please just, if a baby has a blowout, would you just wipe their butt and get poop on your fingers and like then wash your hands afterwards? Like, would you do that? Please. No. No, I won't do that. I mean, we beg people to do stuff because they're thinking about the what. Would you, would you consider, you know, you're a coach. Like, would you consider spending time with some of our students, our teenagers, and maybe like just, just as an example, be with them? I would love to do that. I want to impact as many people as I can. Well, it's every Tuesday night. Every Tuesday night? Yeah, it's every Tuesday night. You know, we've had people that say they want to volunteer, and because of the what, it's every Tuesday night. They have some other thing that they won't, and then we find ourselves, we find ourselves begging because we're going, oh, we just need people to fill spots. And we're talking to people who are just thinking about the what and not the why. And then we get this. This is a hallmark of a what-driven church. Just canceling. We get people who just literally, they say they're going to do something, and then they just tell us the morning of, like, they're not coming. And the reason they do that is because they're thinking, what? Because of something else came up on the schedule, and I don't have time for this, and I don't, and I don't, and I don't, and I don't. There, this, is, this can thrive in a church. This is, I have to give my life, and you can stop at have to give your life, and you can just land on I have to give my life, and then we'll beg you, and you'll complain, and you'll cancel, and we'll just live in this thing of like, I want to give my life, but I'm actually not going to give my life because it's too hard. We have to switch to is why. And here's what we find when we have people who understand the many idea. The idea gave his life. What? As a ransom for many. Why? For people who need it. They refresh us. When someone has a why mentality, they show up and they have this helpful attitude. And this is what I'm challenging you to consider being. Show up and just say, how can I help? How can I help you, like, do this? How can I? And we have, we sit back as a leadership team and as volunteer leaders and go, oh, we want them. They're refreshing, low maintenance. They don't care about the what. I could ask them to take the trash out. I could ask them to sit with kids. I can ask them to change the diet. I can ask them to, you know, teach a, teach a story. And even if they don't have the gifted to teach the story, they're just like, I want to do whatever I can. I'll do whatever I got. Even if it's in my weakness, I'll do it. And then we just want you around. Someone who cares about why, the many. We're helping kids. We're doing something that's important. We're, we're doing what Jesus did. Why, why, why? We find that these people bring others. 
that they believe so much in the why that, that they believe that, that if we bring someone that doesn't, may not even know Jesus, that, that there's a win in bringing someone else along with you to lock arms. Even if they don't believe in Jesus, we have people who serve in this church who don't have a personal relationship with Jesus because we believe that if you lock arms with someone who has a personal relationship with Jesus and do something together, that maybe one day you'll have a personal relationship with Jesus. And shouldn't someone who doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus, like, shouldn't they be around a bunch of people who do? and who are doing something that matters, these people bring others and they have no excuses. No excuses. And so what I'm looking for in the 232 is a group of why-driven people. People who are driven by the why, and that means you're driven by the many. That means that you're driven by someone's absence. You're not okay that if you're absent, that someone else remains absent. You believe, because I'm here volunteering, someone else's life will change. We're here because of a volunteer. And someone else will be here because of you choosing to volunteer. We're looking for why-driven people, and so I want to share a couple examples of why-driven people who can just, just literally, they just, these are people who are absolutely precious. These are people who make us look really, really good and I want them to share their stories with you. Yeah, my name is Al Tucker, and I serve with the setup crew in the Sunday mornings and also help out doing stagehand, um, running camera, so with the production team. Yeah, I've been serving at 514 for almost two years. Well, when we started coming to 514, as actually our twins, they were 16 at the time, they came home one day and said, hey, we went to this church in New Albany, and it was great, and we'd like to go back. And we're like, okay, well, we should go check this out. We bumped into Wes, we'd known him for a long time, and so I said, hey, if you need some help, you know, with anything, let me know. And he's like, actually, we could use some help. I'm like, okay, cool, maybe you know, run a camera, run some sound or something. He goes, we have setup team that needs help, and they get here about 5.30, 6 o'clock on Sunday mornings and set all this up. And I'm a night owl, and so I didn't even realize 6 o'clock came around twice in one day, but I'm like, and I'll come and help you guys set up. And of course it was February, so it was freezing cold. And came in with these guys and started helping set up. And um, yeah, about half hour into it, they all like, let's get together. And so we all kind of huddle up and share and pray. And there's always a prayer of, hey, we're doing this every Sunday morning so that someone could come to Christ. That's why we're setting all this stuff up every Sunday morning. After two years, we're, you know, I'm still showing up every Sunday at six o'clock because you just kind of get to know these guys. It's like, like a small group on Sunday mornings. You know, when you, when you start serving, that's where the happiness comes from. I've read something recently that says, happiness is a product of focus. Focus comes from having a purpose. Purpose comes from helping others. If you want to find happiness, just serve others. Lives are affected every Sunday. I mean, people come to Christ, you know, coming to 514, and no matter how, what you think may be a small part of serving, it, it still matters. I'm part of the 232, and I'd like you to join me.
Yeah, I mean, Al volunteered that whole video, and he volunteers all the time. We did have to pay him for the last little spot there. Um, he did it so well. You, it could be you. We're like, whoa, back down. This is free. Um, uh, listen, listen, can I just, can I, just Al, okay, can I just, I need to tell you about Al. I mean, Al talked about happiness. He talked about how, like, you find happiness through giving and serving and helping people. Um, I would say happiness is um, a high priority for everyone in this room. Uh, you want it. You might, you might know that you're, you're not necessarily going to get it, you know, if you're a follower of Christ. If you're not a follower of Christ, uh, it should be the, the top thing on your list. And then you find out that actually if Jesus is on the top of your list, then there's something that's bigger and better than just happiness. It's life in Jesus. And with that comes joy. And in joy, there is all types of goodness in the midst of all types of horrible situations. It's just a different way to live. But Al is the kind of person that is a wide-driven person. I mean, listen, like, you need to understand Al. Al runs multiple businesses. Both of his kids graduated. He has twin boys. They graduated from high school this week. Him and his wife put on their, their uh, graduation party. Last night, I was there. And as I was sitting there eating, you know, marinara meatballs, that tasted like they were catered, she walked up and said that she made all the food. I mean, most of it. She said some of it was catered, but she made all the food. So they, like, put up this tent and did all this stuff. And, and I'm like, man, like, this is a lot of work. I bet you're kind of glad. I talked to them, you know, kind of glad that, that that moment, that week, to get your kids, you know, graduated and celebrated. And, and he, you know, Al said, yeah, it was crazy. And Al is uh, a cameraman, uh, as well as helpful for the stuff he mentioned, and tear down and set up. He's the guy running camera this morning. I mean, hey, Al, you know, like, you don't have to make everybody look bad. Because here's a guy that has no, like, no excuses. He's refreshing to us. He comes in and says, yeah, I want to help. How can I help? He brings others with him. Wow. That's the way, man. This is a wide-driven group of people. I want to introduce you to the next one. This is Rachel. My name is Rachel McClure, and I serve in um, our middle school boom, um, and I serve with eighth grade girls, and they're awesome. Maddie and Kayla, shout out. Um, and I love it. They're super funny and keep me keep me going and excited every week. So what made me want to get involved in serving um, was there was a sermon probably last year about this time and it was about volunteering and I realized I really wanted to do something like that. Um, and I, I've always loved high school students, that's been my passion, um, but the opportunity presented itself in the eighth grade area, which is fantastic. The first encounter was I had to volunteer to eat a banana split, uh, which I hate and I'm a texture person. So I did almost throw up in front of like 70, 80 kids. And I was like, I can't be that leader that throws up on the first night of boom. But I was like, it might be me. Um, and so I, I, I loved it. And then every week after that, it was awesome to see girls come and go and, and then consistently come back. and 
just to hear them be excited about going into like the high school ministry and being excited about camp and that I get to continue to journey with them and I'm excited. Volunteering, you never know what you're gonna do. It could be almost throwing up with a, a hot fudge sundae or a banana split or you know, you get to see kids accept Christ. I get to see God through that. I get to hear him through the girls and their conversations and I get to um, use what he's taught me through like the weeks and the years and the stuff of messages that have been been said to me and it's cool to see when the girls come back and they tell us about their week of like the prior message and they say hey I talked to a friend today or hey I helped this person out and it's cool to see that they're getting it and I love that I love being a part of that and seeing them grow with their walk with Christ it's valuable to me because when I was younger and I was in high school in eighth grade I opted out of youth group and those were pivotal years, those were huge, and I I want to be able to be there for students when the things that they're gonna go through, I went through, yes, they may be a little bit different, um, but we all go through hard things, breakups, friendship breakups, um, family issues, and so I just wanted to be able to be a, a listening ear or maybe a helpful voice or just a friend to go to coffee with them, and that's really why it's valuable to me is just to do life with them. Serving in general is super important because it's needed. I mean, you think of how much the church gives back to you and all that you take when you leave on Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon and you think, okay, well, I can't wait to give back. And it's like, well, those people are prepping and volunteering and helping to make that happen for you. Where's a place where you can plug in throughout the week and help out others where the church is so much bigger than what you just see on Sunday. I mean, there's so many things that happen Monday through Sunday. And um, I just, I think it's, it's a good thing to volunteer and help the church keep growing. I think that's awesome. I'm one of the 232 and I want you to join me. So Rachel, Rachel is, um, she's one of our volunteers. And uh, if you would take a minute and grab this card underneath your chair, everybody should have one or, or on your seat and just flip it over and look at the back. Uh, there's some, some things on here listed out. Uh, somebody shout out a couple of theirs. Giving team, what else? Greeter, parking. Now what these are, you didn't know this, is that the card that you just picked up, you absolutely have to serve in that area for the next year. You have to. It's, there's no questions. If you give regularly, you can trade. Just kidding, that's a church joke. Sorry about that. Um, here's what these are. These, um, I have one right here, I have two of them. One says a four-year-old small group leader. And what these are is these are actual roles that are being fulfilled right now. These are people who are doing this job right now on a weekly basis. Four-year-old small group leader. Someone who looked past the what, because you know, a four-year-old small group leader has to come in early. They have to know the curriculum. They have to be a teacher. They have to be a discussion leader. They have to basically be a, you know, a caretaker. They have to try to make kids laugh, watch them on, on the playground, lead them through a, a lesson. There's someone that had all these different things that 
there were reasons to not do this, and they decided to do it anyway. And so what, what I want you guys to do with me today is, as you read this, I want you to start to, to understand that, that that could be you. And maybe not that job, maybe not that specific job that you're holding, but that job that you are holding, that, that role, that could be you. It could be that you're supposed to step up. It could be that you're supposed to take a, a leap of faith. It could be that you're supposed to serve. And that you take this 32 number and we multiply and we become a church who is so committed to the people who aren't here that we volunteer. Because if you don't become one of these, then someone won't come to church. And someone won't hear who Jesus is. And these people, these roles, these are the people who are here. And they're here because Jesus volunteered for them. And the reason that you might volunteer is because of them. So I just, I think it's special, isn't it? A four-year-old, a four, she better not be a four-year-old small group leader, right? She leads four-year-olds. She better be at least six. Listen, can we just take a minute and can we all just flip that card over and look at that role and just with whatever prayer you've got, with whatever heart you have in, inside, would you just take a minute and pray for this person? Just right now, just for a minute, just pray for them. Just to yourself. Father, it's so special that there's someone who is willing to serve four-year-olds at our church. I thank you for this leader, whoever this is on this, on this card. I thank you for them. For their willingness to get up early, for their willingness to sit down with kids. For their willingness to teach a lesson or to wipe a tear. Talk to a parent sit down in a circle, eat goldfish, whatever they do, God, I just thank you for them because without them, some four-year-olds wouldn't know who Jesus is. They wouldn't know. So I'm so thankful for them. I'm so thankful that they decided to be wide-driven, to think about the many, to think about their, their kids and their group. God, I pray that we would have more people like this more people that do this job as a result of today in Jesus name one of the things that Rachel said is she said you know volunteering one of the things is, is it's needed and as you look at these roles you, you understand that you go okay if they, if they needed that then as we grow we need more one of the things that can push you through is just, you, we have needs. We have needs. You're in the room and you need to step up and help us and help us and help God and help these people. I'm so thankful for Rachel for fulfilling a need. And we have one more story I want you guys to see.
um, we were pulled to a church when Tim and I were first married. Um, we were in our late 20s, and um, we started volunteering before we started doing anything. Um, we were very interested in a homeless program they had at a, our church and um, served in that regularly before we even got involved in Bible studies or was even saved. You know, it's kind of amazing how you know, God goes through a process of courting us into a relationship with him. And, and it was through the, the kind of nudging us to, the, to find a church when we first got married and, and then also nudging us to, to get involved in, uh, in serving. And it was through that, that serving in um, various uh, ministries in the church that, that led us to that ultimate time where we could make that decision to accept Christ in our life. I'm, I'm, I would call, consider myself an introvert, so just kind of hanging back, staying in my comfort zone. And it's because of this great woman that's sitting next to me that, that she nudged me and Kevin. encouraged me to um, uh, start serving and um, getting involved. The, <laughs> the ministry that we were serving in was, um, uh, again, as Luke said, a homeless ministry. and and we were struggling, struggling through some things in our life through infertility and, and couldn't have kids ourselves. and God had a different plan. And, and at a certain point in our serving in this ministry, he put a family in front of us. And that family, those kids, five kids, needed, needed a mom and dad to take care of them. And that's, that was God's plan. Uh, on a Sunday evening, we got a call and uh, from this mother that uh, was trying to raise these five kids on her own and struggling through life, through, through drug, drug addiction and uh, many men. And uh, the mother asked us to take those five kids, take her kids for a couple days because she needed some time. Took them home that Sunday evening. And that two days ended up, ended up being a week and two weeks and two months and they never left. So God had a different plan on, on giving us kids that were naturally born to us and had a different plan. We became a part of 514 Church five years ago. We attended a Christmas Eve Eve service and um, came back and have come back ever since. Fell in love with it. Definitely the first time we came, it's like we knew, we knew. Yeah. That's where God wanted us. Um, I got involved in the coffee ministry. I think there was an email or something went out where there was a need. And um, I, I do feel I have a gift of hospitality. And, um, and people at 514 love coffee. They love coffee. <laughs> so being in that hallway and, and being able to, you know, just be involved in that in whatever way. Just wanna connect people and, you know, connect them to the church or let them feel welcome. When we first saw supervision um, being promoted at the church and just kinda thinking through that, it's like we had, we had uh, talked with some other folks that had gone through it and wanted to understand more about the, the DNA of uh, 514 Church. And just a wonderful, would highly recommend that for anyone. What's neat about the small group that we've been um, given is um, none of us know each other. 
and, and the foundation of our group, of what we see as being new friendships, you know, has started, you know, for all the same reasons. They're coming there to connect. Definitely excited to, to be able to, you know, give, give of ourselves and, and help others to walk in, in their faith wherever they're at, wherever they're at, you know, coming to Christ and bringing people to Christ is a passion. And, you know, if we can be an instrument in making that happen or helping someone to do that, that's, that's ultimate. I highly recommend that if you find a place in the church that, that you feel that you can serve, that, that you get involved. Um, I, I can tell you, you'll be blessed. A lot of times when we give, we receive so much more than we gave. That's very cliche, but is there's truth to that in, uh, in, in, in serving, serving others. Selfishly, it's a blessing to be a blessing. You're blessed. Hey guys, we're part of the 232. <laughs> and we want you to join us. Listen, I know, I, know, I know it's lunchtime. You can make pancakes all day. Just be quiet. Shh. I, need, I need this moment with you guys. Did you hear this story? They brought the five kids over and they never left. It's a why-driven couple. They raised these five kids. They raised them. Jesus said, if any among you want to be great, you must become a servant. He said the first will be last, and the last will be first. I'm certain that the day that those kids were dropped off at their house in those years, they raised kids they didn't anticipate raising, that they had moments of feeling like this is too much what? I'm sure they felt like they threw their life away at times, lost out on a lot of different things they had planned. These two people are in this room right now. And I think they're the greatest among us because they served. And I know you guys didn't ask for this, but would you two please stand up right now and be recognized by this group? Stand up. I'm going to come hug you and make you. Stand up. It's a picture of greatness. Like I've never seen. 
one of the things we talked about, you guys, is that you can, you can serve without knowing Jesus. I just want to put this thought in front of you. You can do life like Jesus before you get life from Jesus, and that's one of the things that they taught. And I just want you guys, if you're in the room and you don't know Jesus, just to try the Jesus way. Even the disciples didn't quite understand him while they followed him. And the last thing I want you to do is I want you to hold that card in your hand, and I want you to consider doing something. I want you to consider putting your yes on the table to jump the what and move towards why and say yes today because of the why, because of the many, because of the lives that will be changed. And so what I am gonna ask you to do right now is if you believe that you're supposed to serve, if you believe that the why has got you to that place, then what I want you to do is I want you, when I'm done praying, to stand up and walk back to those balloons. Take that card and walk back there. I want every person in this room who is not serving to go back and sign up, not for something specific. The what will slow you down. Just put your name on a piece of paper. It will take you 30 seconds simply for the why. Say yes. Be like these two who said yes and God dropped off five blessings. They had no idea and there's no way they would have signed up for it if they were thinking about what. And watch God change your life. Put your yes on the table and see what God does. Would you guys just pray with me? And when I'm done, I'm gonna say amen. I want every single person in here to go back to those tables. It'll take you 30 seconds. Let's, let's pray. Father, thank you so much. I thank you for the people in the last service who already served, who went back to the table. Again. Who already serve. I'll do more. Do you need more? God, make this room move together to serve. Help us to be why-driven. Help us to be like you. Help us to do it for the many. Thank you for Al. Thank you for Rachel. Thank you for Tim. I love you. Thank you. They're there because you were there. I'm so excited about who's going to be there because they were there. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.